all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and I am a maternal fetal medicine specialist and OBGYN at UMMC, and I am joined here by my fabulous co-host, Dr. Allie Brown, who's a pathologist. It's such a great combination, the OBGYN and pathologist. Absolutely. And yeah, and we look, we are here on the Education Station MPB and we are talking today about yoga. We have one of our good friends of this show and of the hosts, uh, Tara Blumenthal from Tara Yoga. If you guys are um, in any way well versed in the yoga scene in the Jackson area, then this is not going to be an introduction. This is a woman who needs no introduction. Um, but today we are going to have some opportunities to talk about wellness and about how yoga fits into overall health and wellness. So before we get to one of our favorite guests of the show, I want to say good morning to my buddy. Good morning, Dr. Owens. <laughs> it's so good to be here with you as always. I know. And I always love, you know, because it's it. The show is today. We know it's Friday. Indeed, everyone's so happy to see us when we walk in on Fridays. But I think it's just because they associate us with Fridays. They know that we are. I mean, the I'm not They're stupid. Like, right before lunch, the weekend is officially here. <laughs> That's right. We we are the weekend being ushered in. But yes, it's always great to see you. Even if it was a Monday, I'd be happy to see you too. So indeed, and this is so, and this is going to be really fun because. Both, both Allie and I, um, ha- we foray, we dabble in in yoga, um, and I I know that when you hear dabble, Tara probably is like her mind's about to blow, but because it's a practice, we get it. But um, but at least for me, it has been a really like a big part of my overall wellness. When I think about emotional wellness, um, it. I love the way that I feel when I do it. I was like so inspired. I was like, oh, I'm going to become a yoga instructor. I'm still working on that goal. Um, but but I really enjoy it. Takes it takes a lot. And, and a here's lot the time. thing. I, I didn't really consider myself one of those overly bendy people, right? So I'm not a person who can twist myself into a pretzel. Um, Me either. And, you know, Me either. And, right. and I would feel very uh, intimidated by that but it is not a competition as we say to our children it's not a competition Um, and the only person that you're really competing with is yourself and it's just about showing up for yourself and being willing to um, to approach it openly and to be accepting 
of what your body mm-hmm. is telling you um, to be able to feel better. So um, really excited to have conversations today about just the education behind yoga, how people can maintain uh, strength, flexibility, or even maybe initiate um, a practice and how to fit this into their lives. Because I think a lot of times people seem to think that you have to carve out an hour to two hours every single day um, in order to reap benefits. And so um, without further ado, Tara, welcome, girl. Oh, you guys, I love being here. This is so much fun. So thank you for having me again. You're like my my radio fam. I Good. know. And I I, look, I'm hoping at some point maybe we'll be able to do this and I don't know, we'll Facebook Live it and we'll have the mats. And so we'll have our microphones and mats next time. Wow, you're really going there. I know, right? I'm scared of you, Michelle. I'm scared of you. So the people who are tuning in probably, they're like, no, she's really serious when she says she's not a bitty person. I really love, though, I really love what you said about it not being in competition. Um, I think in any kind of physical um, activity, especially, I mean, even as kids, we we say it's not a competition, but we want you to win, right? And so um, as adults, I think even when we go into the gym or or whatever, there's this, un, maybe it's a subconscious notion of competition. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people, like, when you're the first coming into yoga and you think everybody's looking at you, they're not. They're trying also not to fall over, right? right? And so um, I think after the first or second session, you realize like everybody's just kind of there for the same reason you are. They want to feel better. Um, They want less stress for sure. And so um, it it becomes less of a competition mindset, I think, pretty quickly for people, or at least when in our studio, the the environment that we want to create. But uh, even with people competing with themselves, I, I try to teach or preach or whatever you want to say. It's really about self-love. Like, all of your relationships are better when you like yourself. So if you're going to yoga to fix yourself, eh, you're still kind of missing the mark. Archbishop Tutu says it best, we were meant to live in joy. And so if we're trying to, even with our yoga practice, make us suffer, that doesn't really make sense, you know? And so we're... um, I'm sure at some point self-love will start trending and then it'll, it'll, it'll get misunderstood just like self-care, but we can still work to, to educate as best we can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I love that. I love the idea of like it being about, about self-love because I think um, this is, and I, this touches on something that is, is particularly an issue or at least within the, the health um, and fitness world that has kind of been, um, known or at least acknowledged as it pertains to women in particular, right? Because I can tell you, um, physical fitness or a physical activity, being a part of a gym or going to a gym has been a big part of my life for a very long time. And I've lived in different states and had multiple varying gym memberships. And most of those gyms have a woman's fitness area, right? Mm-hmm. Because So that women could be in a separate environment and not feel either objectified, hello, because that happens, right? or um, just not to be, um, to view what they're doing negatively compared with other individuals. Right. But here's the thing. It happens with guys too, right? So, um, you know, when you have the, the big muscle bound person who's lifting 500 pounds and doing curls and all this other stuff. Um, and they don't rack their weights after. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bane of existence. That's, right. exactly. That's why they have the woman's area. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, but right. but like for all of those different reasons, and and I think that you know the concept when you're going into fitness, like not being not feeling like you have to look at someone and feel bad about what you can do in comparison to them. 
Mm-hmm. But just to be happy about showing up mm-hmm. for yourself yep. and being able to do that thing that you can do because you don't have to do what somebody else is doing. Michelle, are you in my brain right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've just done this enough Ooh. that I think I kind of know. Yeah, what you're we're, all the, we're on the same well, page. I think it, it's different for different people because they're um, sometimes it's aspirational. You really have to look at those intrinsic and extrinsic motivators of why people will go to the gym or a yoga studio or whatever and why they will continue to consistently go. And some right. people want to be pushed and want that competitive competitiveness. And then for some people that is very much a turnoff. So mm-hmm. it's hard when you have a studio that's full of humans right, who are all different, right? Well, you know, it, it's funny. It kind of goes back to balance, like on so many different levels. And when, when I talk about balance, I always preface, I'm not talking about actually standing on one foot or on your hands or any of those things. But, but we, we crave energetic balance, I think, as humans. Like we, I, I think most of us don't seek chaos. We may have it and unintentionally create it, but we don't seek it. And so in our yoga practice, uh, in, your, in your cardiovascular activity, in your weights, there has to be a balance point. We've actually been talking about this in the studio this week, so it's kind of crazy. But, like, if you, if all you do is over-effort and effort and effort and effort, you're going to end up getting hard and rigid. You miss the bus on joy. You won't enjoy the benefits of your workout, and you could injure yourself, right? But let's be clear. You flip over to the other far end of that spectrum. You show up, and you just kind of flop through your workouts. Also potential for injury, but you're never going to reap the benefits, right? And so we're we're constantly trying to... I guess back and forth and so every day is different but when you stop stressing out about every day being different and start seeing it as more like a wonderment then you can enjoy the practice does that make sense absolutely and i love what you said about balance it reminds me um a couple of weeks ago i was at a meeting and it was a meeting that was focused on wellness and the speaker was talking about the 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 two sides of our brain the duality of our brain and this concept of one part of our brain being based on or are primarily the fight or flight type part of our brain. And then the other part that is the more calm side of our brain. Mm -hmm. And um, what she mentioned is that when we normalize those situations that are not normal, that are like high stress, we take what is a protective adaptive mechanism. And when you run that all the time, Mm -hmm. it's not intended to run all the time. Mm -mm. And so what happens is something that is intended to benefit us can actually do exactly the opposite because it's not meant to be turned on all the time. Yes. And so when you turn it on all the time, there are all these negative effects Mm -hmm. that go along with that. And so the main point that, that the speaker was making is going back to that like remembering that while we while we don't seek chaos Mm -hmm. that we may find ourselves immersed in it that Mm -hmm. we have to be intentional about pulling ourselves out of chaotic situations because if we stay in those situations continually that's why whether it's meditation or yoga or something that gives you that break Mm -hmm. is really important and it's vital because what it does is it gives that thing that's intended to serve and protect us The break, because the other part is it's got to be able to renew itself as well so that it can continue to be a protective mechanism. Yes. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and our very special guest today, Tara Blumenthal of Tara Yoga. She is Tara Yoga, y'all. She is uh, the embodiment of Tara Yoga 
here in the Jackson area, and we are talking about fitness in general, but we're talking about yoga today and talking about yoga's role in uh, fitness, not just physical, but also mental. And also, you know, since we are a show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective, I think we should address the fact that, you know, as women age... Which, the dirty word. The a- dirty word. H- no, I'm. Pro- I just had a birth. I just want to say I, had a, I just had a birthday. So glad mm-hmm. I brag about. I showed up at the gym that morning and I yelled, "I'm 46." You know, look at these women in their 20s and I'm whoop their butt. You know, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. So, but as I'm getting older, I know that it's super important for me to stay fit. I'm right. not. It's not like when I was in my 20s. In fact, I'm fitter now than I was in my 20s. But you know. I could probably just run out and start doing something. We really talk about yoga and other exercises being a practice and being a long-term thing and how right. important it is to stay fit, yeah. particularly as we get older. Yeah, Absolutely. Our bodies, our bodies get a little bit of an attitude as we get older. You know, when they're, when our bodies are younger, they are very forgiving. And you Indeed. can, we can... We can hand out some abuse and some misuse, and our bodies will pop right back. Um I heard the um, this, that same speaker say that, you know, there's there's not really a disconnect between our minds and our bodies. I think that she said that's a misperception. She said what you need to realize is that your body is waiting for your instruction. So whatever your instruction is, like your body will try to meet your instruction. And so you have to be careful about the signals and the messages that you send to your body because your body is trying to respond it's yeah it's trying to respond now there are some times when i think the response is like yeah we don't do that (laughs) so tara how how in your practice do you address those issues you have people of all ages all different shapes and sizes men and women yeah so how do you address that um in your studio with your practice uh that's a great question. I, I want to say first that, yes, age, uh, shape, sizes, um, there's this really bad stereotype with yoga. Um, and it gets worse as yoga gets more popular, unfortunately. Um, we First off, we don't – I really have been working on dispelling the myth of this is an advanced pose. This is harder than that. It really has to do with your own anatomy. And so what I find is people get to yoga and half of them have never really – ask the question, who am I physically and anatomically? What's my um, medical history? Like, am I predisposed to this? Have I, uh, was I playing sports and I have all these old injuries and I want to act like they're not there. And so there's a, there's a loving acknowledgement that we have to start with on what are we, what are we bringing to the table? It, 95% of the time, what you're bringing to the table isn't a deal breaker for yoga. Now, uh, say let's say you have a disease where your body and your brain aren't communicating anymore then that would be a deal breaker because then yoga wouldn't be safe but a lot of things wouldn't be safe so 95 percent of the time what you bring to the table isn't a deal breaker but you have to let your ego go at the door so that you don't show up for a class that's outside of your jurisdiction is what i like to say um so with the, the funny thing is with the aging process um a lot of the folks that we have in the demographically older group I hope they don't they're probably listening y'all don't get mad at me for saying this they're the more dedicated people of anybody I've seen and I've got a lot of retired nurses um, in the group and 
they're super, super dedicated, but, you know, we call it a gentle class. And honestly, I got to rename it because these people are doing all kinds of um, mobility work that you walk in and you're like, wow, you know, and and we should strive for that. You know, they're not giving up. They're saying, I want to enjoy my life in general. So we should look at them for wisdom on so many levels, Mm -hmm. but also inspiration that they're, you know, they're coming. Most of those folks are coming two to three times a week for, and they don't miss it. They're like, no, I can't go to lunch with you until after my yoga class. Mm -hmm. So there's a level of dedication and we do work around the stuff. Like if there's, um, if somebody has to sit out for, you know, a surgery that wasn't yoga related, um, we have to segue back in safely. It's like, the, the most important thing, we can't trade the vehicle in, right? The body, we cannot trade it in yeah. for a new body. Just get one. So we have to, as we get older, I think we start to figure out self-love and respect and, like, how can we get stronger but still, a yoga term, not do harm? You know, you can still push your body. You can still stay motivated. Like, I think sometimes people think that yoga folks are just like, oh, well, it is what it is, and we're just going to let the chips, you know, fall wherever. But uh, for me, it's like, no, I'm on this path. Yoga is not a passive nah, sport. It's very active. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Yeah. It is not. And, you know, that's it, that thing. Thank like, it's like that. people are like, they're like, it's not. Well, I mean, it's just stretching. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, no. It is not just stretching. Although you can you can get some pretty good stretches. But, no, it's not just stretching. Another thing people it's, say, and I have to say I used to say it, is um, I think I would be bored. You know, I'm so used to push, push, push. But it's a problem if you can't be silent and still a little bit without yeah. getting bored, right? It goes to show that you are maybe stuck in that mm-hmm. fight or flight, yeah. like Owens was saying. And then there are classes that are far from boring so once you get in there it ain't it's first of all not boring there's a lot going on but then also part of the practice is being able to be reflective and still i mean it's it's a we're pushing against um everything that we're taught because we're we're pushing against speed we're slowing down but we're not stopping and that's the beauty of it is like you you start to get physically stronger from slowing down in the movement because this is what we don't want to talk about is we find our weak spots you know, mm. we find our weak places. And again, it's uh, the, you know, the workout mentality is there's something wrong with you. The yoga mentality is that's a place that needs more love and attention. And and it really is like for us, it is a mental practice. You have to reframe the way that you look at yourself or it, you're just going through the motions. And look, if you go to a yoga studio or a yoga class and you just go through the motions, you'll probably get something. Hopefully you have an experienced enough instructor not to get injured, but you'll probably get a benefit. You know, you'll leave and go, I feel better. I'm a little bit sweeter. Your husband will be like, you're so nice, you know. <laughs> uh, go back to yoga. That's what mine did. He was like, what? I'm about go to get a gift certificate for yeah, yoga for Christmas, the way you're talking, I feel like. I have husbands that would stop me in the grocery store, and they'd be like, thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, for what? And they're like, my, my wife is always so much nicer when she's been with you. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I'll take that as a compliment, mm-hmm. too. You know, there are a lot of byproducts of yoga that we don't talk about, that we don't see. Um, but if, if you'll give yourself permission to be reflective, like you were talking about, Michelle, slow down a little bit and just give yourself an opportunity to, to feel, which is the scariest thing, then you start to get stronger. Yeah. You know, it's a vul- it's vulnerable because you're not hiding behind a weight. 
right? You're not like, well, this weight was too heavy, so I can't do that. Right. It's like you and your body, and you're having a conversation. My heart rate like, is this, and I'm yep. gonna like you today. We're gonna like have it. a it's good relationship. Grace, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and today's topic is yoga, and we are talking with our yoga expert and our girlfriend Tara Blumenthal um, of Tara Yoga here in the Jackson area, and man. We've been breaking down some real knowledge, so I hope you guys have been taking notes. Um, If you are interested in incorporating wellness into your life, this is one of the many ways that you can expand on your physical and your emotional well-being. And um, you can't really have one without the other. Um, So if you are really striving for a balance and and a healthy lifestyle, you got to realize that in addition to your physical well-being, your emotional well-being needs to be intact. And this is a great way um, to let off some steam, um, to reflect and to grow. And so, um, yeah. So so when people are first, if you're thinking about joining practice, so we've already gone through, you don't have to be young, you don't have to be bendy, you don't have to be... Skinny, you don't have to wear Lululemon, although it's cute. You can wear whatever you want. You can go to Target. I don't care. You do No barriers to entry. So let's just say we've, we've eliminated our barriers to entry. I'm interested in working on my strength, my flexibility, my overall mental and physical health. How does one start? What's what's Great let, question. Let's, let's eliminate that barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So as you can imagine, we do things differently. Um, so normally we have folks, if you're interested in yoga and you're new to yoga, you um, email our lovely assistant, Jane, Jane at Tara-Yoga.net. Um, and then she, we, we like to ask questions like, do you have injuries? Have you had a recent surgery? So we'll go through getting to know you a little bit better before you ever walk in the studio. Sometimes that's via email. Sometimes that's via phone call. Because it's mo- it's most important that you your first experience with yoga isn't bad, mm-hmm. right? We I, I, I want it to be... Um, uh, loving and nurturing, but also empowering. And so we kind of go through that that to start with. And basically, we have kind of two sets of classes. I mentioned the gentle class earlier, which um, does accommodate if you've had um, more significant wear and tear on your body, right? Uh, with the night classes, we like to tell people if you can't get up and down from the floor without assistance right, then that's not the right class for you. So we kind of uh, categorize it um, from a mobility perspective. And then also, of course, working around injuries. Um, So the night classes are more uh, for people who work. They come after the day. And then really all you need, and people are not going to like for me to say this, really all you need are one or two yoga classes a week. That's it. Now, I'm not saying don't move every day. Mm-hmm. Do not hear me wrong. You need movement every day, and you can do some of the yoga stuff that um, is more accessible at home, like 15-minute movement practice. But it does you don't need an hour of yoga a day. Like, that is some studio trying to make money and get you in every day and get you hooked on it. And we don't want you, like, hooked junkie on yoga. We want you to use it as a tool. And so, you know, one to two classes a week will make a big game changer in all of the stuff that you're doing your weight workout, your cardiovascular workout, how you treat your family. So that's really, I tell people, like, don't overdo it. How so, you sit in your chair at work. Yeah, right? all the things, mm-hmm. all of the things. But anyway, so it, it starts with a with an email, and then we go from there. What are your needs? How can we meet them the best? I love that. So yeah. we have got a couple of callers on the line, and we are going to go to Vivian, who's calling from Gloucester. Good morning. Good morning. 
I'm just calling to wish Dr. Brown a happy belated birthday. Oh, my gosh. I'm practically crying. Thank you, Vivian. That's extremely sweet. Thank you for listening, and thank you for that. Okay. Have a great day. Oh, thanks. Bye. (laughs) She is so fit and fabulous. I love that. I know. All right. Well, staying on the phone lines, we're going to hear from Mikey, who's calling us from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. How are you? I am grateful to have y'all brightening up my morning. (laughs) Sincerely. We feel the same. Um, um, uh, I'm also someone who survived a near-fatal accident, and the things that I had learned about breathing... And I'll get back to that, um, uh, and yoga. But I didn't learn it. It wasn't available at the time that this all happened to me. Um, but it all came to combine. I would suggest to anyone who, particularly if you play a wind instrument, you already got part of it right there. Doesn't matter whether it's a harmonica or a French horn or a tuba or a baritone or a flute. Um, that's Shout the, out you, to you the flute players right in, in the listening yeah, the audience. Fl- <laughs> Right, the the breathing the breathing thing. If you're if you got six kids standing around you and they're all screaming, you know, it's like go go to the bathroom if you can. And even if they, of course, half of them are going to follow you, but sit there and take some deep breaths and let hold it for a minute and let it go back out, and it will. It will help you make it through it. I can tell you. Okay. I love it. So Mikey, Mikey, that's um, great. Oh my goodness. Yes. You know, I have friends that have said after they started doing yoga that they, they understood when they were getting to their max stress limit. And so they would just, you know, leave the room and they would go hide in the bathroom or the closet for just like five breaths. And I then, have a deadbolt on my closet door just and to then, let you know. Yeah. And then they say, you know, it gave me just the reprieve I needed to go and respond to the situation a little bit kids. better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for having this show. And again, please explain to people more because you're obviously you're the teacher. I'm just the purple. I'm just a person who's really appreciated having teachers um, about the breathing yeah. aspect, how simple it is and it's how affordable it is. Yes. Time wise and money wise. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Breathing. So, yeah. So Breathing's free. T- let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about um, the connection between, like, um, a yoga practice and and breathing. And, like, how, I mean, can you do one without the other? Should I tell you this is like a soapbox spot for me? (laughs) Go ahead and give you guys a heads up. Thanks, Mikey, for the segue. Um, Yeah, so uh, you can hold your breath for a certain period of time in any workout. And eventually you are going to have to breathe again, right? Um, yoga in yoga, it's actually really common to hold your breath. We talked about this before, like you hold a pose and all of a sudden instinctually you hold your breath. And so it, if you have a good instructor, they're reminding you basically to breathe first a breathe cue is great. But, um, my big problem with, with the breath stuff now is that it's, it's just the same Google. Google is good, but then there's all the stuff that you shouldn't Google, like how to do yoga and how to breathe. So I think some of the problem is Google that your symptoms for yeah. medical conditions. Amen. In lieu of yes. a I should have said that. I should have concluded that. And so what happens is a lot of these ancient breathing techniques have gotten into the, our modern culture and they're actually detrimental to the lungs and the heart in not a good way. And so what we teach specifically is don't, 
don't do those things. You can cause headaches, all kinds of, I mean, on a base level, you can give yourself a ridiculous headache for three days. Hmm. And then the yoga teachers taught you how to do this, right? Um, But you can do damage to the lungs and heart if you don't know what you're doing. So I don't actually practice or teach those. But what I think you're talking about, Michelle, is like the the response, the um, response that the nervous system has to actually breathing well, like a deep breath, not a gasping for air of air is chasing me breath, right? Right. But like a deep, so it would be more like a deep diaphragmatic breath. But even still, what I suggest is don't listen to someone else on how long your breath should be because your lung capacity is different based on your, you know, activity or inactivity. Mm-hmm. And so when we start doing breathing, it's like breathe, breathe fully in a comfortable manner. Yeah. Don't hold it and notice how you feel. If you start to feel agitated, too much effort, right? Mm-hmm. If you start to feel calm, you got it. But so for me, it's like, Really, just good diaphragmatic breathing is the is the way to go, and you get that nervous system in a happy spot. And is anyone not breathing really deep right now and thinking about how they're breathing? Yeah, just talking no, about like, it, it's like saying my eyes are watering. Everybody's eyes are going to water. But when, but, yeah. It's yeah. just like saying yawning, and right. then all of a sudden yeah. people start yawning. But it, it, you know, you say that that, and it's applicable, I think, in a in a variety of other places. For example, gratuitous pregnancy person plug. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of people are are familiar with being coached in labor right. and that whole okay you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to push for a count of 10 well i mean where does that come from you know and so then you got this person who's right. trying to birth a whole human right and now they now we've cluttered their mind with this this new obstacle, this new thing that they need to accomplish. And it's like, oh, but if I can't push for a count of 10 and I can only make it six, then am I really doing it right? Or right. Blah, blah. And it's like extra noise mm-hmm. that, is, that you don't need. It's just, so it's take a deep like breath a, and push. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. take a deep breath and push, and push however long you can. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing magical about yeah. 10 yeah. Or, or 8 or 12. And, and there's no great data to support that. And yet just out of habit uh-huh. we have ingrained in people yeah. that this is something that has to happen and it really doesn't have to be that way and you can still birth a baby right without holding a, your breath or without like pushing for a count of 10 yeah I mean, it's the craziest thing for it's better or for worse you know tradition uh so yoga tradition has gotten passed down orally for better or for worse like there's a sweetness about a teacher passing on uh technique to you in, in one-on-one like i'm I do not like online trainings. I'm going to go ahead and say that out there. Online yoga teacher trainings, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much you can't learn from that space. But it's tradition, right? Tradition in, right. in, in pregnancy. And we're like, we when we don't question the tradition and the efficacy of it, we fall short. Yoga, pregnancy, all that stuff. Yeah. I think, thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's just, it, it's so many, it can be applied to so many different areas when you stop and think about it. Just And, and the other part is, just giving people the ability to let their abilities and capacities kind of be the primary mm-hmm. thing rather than creating some like arbitrary goal or some arbitrary cutoff that right. you either need to be on one side of or the other. It's like what can your what what can your body do and 100%. what what do we need 
from you in order to get to the place that we want to be. Yeah. So yeah. do your yoga classes um, predominantly occur in a, like a class, like a group or individually? And, you know, how do you gauge different people's abilities when you have multiple people in a class? 20 years of watching people's bodies. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's not a shortcut. Um, yes. Yeah, so we do group classes. Um, one thing that I learned, I, I try to pull silver linings even from the darkest of places the pandemic was tough like um everything about my love language and how i teach is in person and with people and that wasn't safe and so i I had i dug deep and i did some reconstruction and one of the things i realized is that um if we have a heads up on who's going to be in class, then I can actually plan a class for these specific people. And I can be like, oh, yes, Jones has got a shoulder injury. So when we do this, I'm going to tell her to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our students is a um, a congenital triple amputee, and she's a rock star. She'd make all of us look bad. She knows it. I hope she's listening. And so it's, it's more about, we talked about finding out where people are, where you're starting from. If you don't have significant injuries, um, significant pain, then usually I can segue people into one of the two group classes. If there is something significant going on and you're just coming out of PT, I usually do recommend a private session because I'd rather assess movement that way than in a group session. And maybe that person hasn't been as connected to their bodies as they thought they were. And so you end up with I can't even bend my knee to 90 degree angle, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes, because body connection really rings a bell, you know, because mm-hmm. as a group fitness instructor and you're looking out at people, there are a lot of people out there that have no body awareness. You can tell they do not know where they are in in space. Like, yeah. And it's, it's dangerous. It looks – sometimes I get very – frightened for these people yeah so in you know and that's in a very much a non-yoga setting so in yoga where the the positions can be more complex i guess right it can be alarming sometimes yeah, absolutely and they don't even know that you're talking if you're like whoa you know they don't they have no um, perception of this lack of body awareness right. it's a real thing in the old school way we don't do this either but the old school way in yoga teachers is like if you can't figure out how to tell somebody to do something go over there and hands-on and adjust I'm like, them the adjustment thing don't touch people <laughs> right. like just don't are you a don't touch people i am a don't touch oh people. my gosh because mm-hmm. so unless I've you're been... falling over um so in a non-falling over way mm-hmm. i have been touched in a yoga class yeah and, it's the norm but, but it's it, not our norm and it's interesting because um at least my experience like you you have that moment where you're like, oh, I thought I was doing it, but you just did something, and I realized that I was not doing <laughs> yeah, that right your there. Hips just yeah, this way. And, they, right, right. and they're like this, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that that's a whole lot different than what I had. Hearing just, the gynecologist you know, talk saying. about touching somebody makes me laugh because it oh just reminds me of you know in medical school learning, I'm going to touch you now. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, yeah. now I will say this: I'm going to touch you now. Um, with established clients, people that I've known for a long time, I'll, I mean, I'll, and I'll ask, I'm like, do you can, mind if yeah, I, can I touch give you uh-huh. a little? And, and most of it is more a supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens, especially with yoga teachers, is they don't have enough information anatomically to be doing that stuff anyway. Mm. And so they're thinking that you need to look like this form of this pose that's on this poster from a dude back like from 1960. And so they're trying to make you look like that when if they don't know if you've had a hip replacement or a, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, makes sense. And then let's let's dive a little bit deeper because, you know, I like to uh, – 
sexual assault victims. Like nobody's going to come into yoga and like announce that. They're not going to write that on Mm -hmm. their waiver. And you could be the person that instead of giving them a wonderful yoga experience, you've just triggered the mess Mm -hmm. out of them. And this was stuff that honestly, y'all, I didn't know in the beginning because I was taught, we were taught to touch people. It's like, oh, you can just help people. And, you know, if you just do this and you rotate their arms and I'm like, we should never have been doing that. Mm. So I won't, I don't teach my teachers to touch and I teach them not to touch. I was like, unless somebody's falling over, you know, go for it. Right. Stabilization is fine. Manipulation is for chiropractors. I love that. I love it. Sorry. I told y'all soapbox. Did I get to put it? So I I guess, so I guess at my next yoga class, I get to wear the don't touch me shirt. Yeah, girl. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's funny is yoga's, um, they've commercialized all the stuff. So now there's a a chip that you can buy. You can buy for your studio and it says, you know, on one side, I guess you can assist and you flip it over. And I'm like, like like when we go to meetings, there are bracelets like that, like hug, no hug. Yeah. (laughs) See, and I immediately thought about the Brazilian steakhouse. See there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) More meat. So that goes to show you where it is. Are we on red or are we on green? (laughs) Yes or no. I love that. We are talking about yoga today with Tara Blumenthal. Dr. Allie Brown and I are here hosting um, in the studio today, and we have had such a great time talking about some of the benefits and some of the fascinating things that you can glean from and and experience when you bring a yoga practice into your life. We've had some really great calls teaching us about a lot of different um different things. But right now, I'd really like to talk a little bit about some of the health benefits. There may be some folks who we piqued their interest and they're trying to figure out if it's right for them or why they should incorporate yoga into their lives. And so, so Tara, what are some of the health benefits? Yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> we got eight minutes. Okay. So let me start with, because uh, I think this is going to resonate with everybody, is just um, uh, stress. Your stress level is high. I think we reached a new level of stress with the pandemic that we didn't know we had. And I think a lot of us realized, oh, I don't have the scope, the coping skills that I thought I had, you know. And so the um, going to a class, um, checking out, or what I call checking in for an hour, is extremely de-stressful. Um, the practice, the way te- we teach it, is super orderly. So it's not like show up and do the pose. We're actually kind of talking you right foot here, left foot there, do this with your hand. So there's an order to it that creates a settling factor for everybody. Even the, and you know, like I can speak honestly on this because I was super, a super anxious person when I was younger. You know, parent loss, all that stuff. You just feel like an odd person out. And so if you don't deal with it, you take it into adulthood. And so it's funny because, you know, they see these really successful people and in their work life, but in their personal life, they're a hot mess. Love that word. <laughs> it should be in the dictionary. So when you come to yoga... We're, we're pausing, we're stopping, we're breathing, we're getting the nervous system to kind of say, I do need to uh, re- reconfigure some things here. And then, um, and then there's order. And, and that's the best part about it is even if you think you don't love order, you will find after yoga practice like that, I needed the order. And, um, you know, we, it's, a, it's a very much a de-stress practice, even in moving. Um, if you think about it, sometimes our... Um, our lives can get so stressful and so scary that we kind of freeze and we only do the stuff that we absolutely have to do. And we physically stop moving. It's not that we're not active people, but some kind of organized movement stops. And 
Man, the moving kept me sane during the pandemic. I'm not going to lie about that. So stress, strength is one, is the second one that people don't think of when they think of yoga. They think of flexibility, but that's the F word to me, and so I don't use it very often. <laughs> I go another one is strength. So people get a lot stronger. Um, if you're lifting weights, you know, you're working on the, um, the bigger muscles and then yoga can come in and complement where the B team muscles may not get action, uh, lifting or, or what, whatever, then the B team muscles get that in yoga. And so it's more of a, uh, holistic approach to strengthening. So I don't know if that helps or not. Those are my top yeah. two. That's why you see these big muscle people, but they can't stand on one leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too much contraction. Absolutely. Not enough expansion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, sure. just even being able to just like the the lengthening mm-hmm. that you can experience. Um, she with, didn't say flexibility. She I said didn't. lengthening. She did, the lengthening, she did good. Yeah, because that's what it is: lengthening and not flexibility. Um, can really be helpful. Um, and the other thing is just like it releases these the the positive like neurotransmitters and things within our own body that naturally improve the way that we feel in general like they are it's like you're a physical antidepressant if you will you get the the release of of those positive neurotransmitters that give us a better sense of well-being and 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 positivity you're my new hype girl I like that I like (laughs) the yoga hype girl girl. yeah um but yeah so I think that and and down the road you know the benefits for so cardiovascular well oh, yeah. and cardiovascular oh, health because yeah. i mean that's still the number one killer of of women um is cardiovascular disease and so like there are some cardiac benefits we had talked about this a little bit off um mm-hmm. during the break but help people understand for those people who want to say well i'm going to do cardio yoga oh no let's talk about that's that. not how that works thank you for asking that's a great question so I want you as a yoga teacher and your friend to be cardiovascularly healthy. Like that's a, that if people don't know me, that's a big, um, other soapbox for me, but your, um, cardiovascular exercise where you get your heart rate up should not be in a yoga class. Like it, it, if you do that, it's the antithesis of what yoga was meant to do in the first place. So get your cardio somewhere else and, and it should be fun. I think if, if there's any way to do that, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but the yoga benefit is we're, we're regulating more, um, blood pressure, heart rate. Um, again, as we talked about, you can't actually do yoga for an hour and hold your breath the whole time. So because the poses are a little more strenuous than people think, or the movements are, then you're, you're forcing deep breaths, right? And you'll break a sweat. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me for sure. I'm always sweating. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some people more than others. Yeah. And so you're, 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 um, you're inviting that breath in too. And so it helps to regulate the nervous system. For me, what I realized is, um, my resting heart rate is legit good. And, and so the a guy was asking me about it the other day. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't get my heart rate up as much as I want to because it's so low. And he was like, do you run? And I was like, only if someone's chasing me. <laughs> and and it was it was kind of funny, but I was like, no, it's he said, well, how did how did you do it? And I was like, Tw- 20 years of yoga and meditation. And, and you wow. don't have to do it for 20 years to get that Correct. benefit. Yeah. Um, steady and consistent. And as much as people are afraid of the M word meditation, um, it doesn't have to be this crazy esoteric practice. You can just sit and be quiet. 
Um, and maybe look at, I, I like to look at pictures of loved ones. My little oh. setup is photos of my loved ones who've passed on. And you don't I'm, have to have your eyes closed. No. Oh, no. And you I'm, don't have to sit there for 45 minutes. No, either, no. Right? You'll, you'll blow your knees out that way. Um, I'm an open eye meditation anyway. So I try to find a, a beautiful, you know, scene or something like that. You can take it wherever you go. Um, but those are all things self-reflective, like you talked about earlier, Michelle, that, that give people permission to go, you know, maybe I do need to make change. And, and when we discover that, we make change without judgment, right, or subjugation. We make change going into it, like, lovingly, like what you would say to a friend. You'd give a friend loving advice. Why wouldn't you give that to yourself? Yeah, I think sometimes we can be re- really hard on ourselves. And I think um, because the mm-hmm. lives that we lead create these unrealistic expectations. Women especially. Indeed. And this and this this need to be everything to everyone. And yet we don't carve out the space to be everything to ourselves. Do you think it was, uh, mm, do you think it's a generational thing that was passed down? Because I saw my mother and my grandmother both do major sacrificing. Now, they were the most resilient women I'd ever seen. But how resilient do we need to be? Well, and I think the narrative, though, that you... I think because the problem is that that's what we saw. Mm -hmm. But we might not have known what they really experienced. Exactly, yeah. So realizing that what you're seeing is only a portion of the story, I think, is also really important. Um, and knowing how important it is to kind of pour into yourself. Well, my goodness, you hear the music. I can't believe it's time for us to go already. This just goes to show that time truly does fly when you're having fun. So much fun. Thank you all so, so glad so that you much. were with us. This is always, always a joy. We're going to have to have you back in short order because we need some more wellness some more good wellness talk so guys today's southern remedy was produced and engineered by none other than the the phenomenal jay white with dr ellie brown i'm dr michelle owens thank you so much for being with us join us next friday at 11 for southern remedy for women you guys know the southern remedy is a production of mississippi public broadcasting think radio and funding is provided in part by a grant from the university of mississippi medical center and support from listeners just like you you guys be safe and be kind have a wonderful weekend this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand